Before we move on, let me introduce us to you guys. My name is Piyush and with me here is my friend Shivan who is behind this idea of creating a podcast to let people know what they already know in a more factual and personified manner. Now let me tell you guys about the topic which we are going to discuss in the very first episode. This topic is pretty much debatable topic and most of you guys must have heard about it. The topic is socialism and capitalism. So now I would like Shivan to come and let us know about the history how it went how it evolved and how it is it has been perceived uh, by the people earlier and how it is going on right now yeah so hi piyush hi hi let me start with the history it's very important to understand where this whole concept came from so we have to go back to 13th century europe where mm-hmm. the existing situation from uh, medieval times were of feudal society so in this society it was basically a socio political system where landlords or feudal lords as they are called would provide permission to the peasants or the workers to use the land in exchange for security and other services mm-hmm. so okay. basically uh, these people didn't have any freedom you can compare it with the zamindari system which was there in india much much later true true so there was a lot of unrest with the people they were not happy with the situation you know like basic things like they couldn't access the common resources and had to depend on these landlords for everything yeah. so but this was only one of the reasons which you know brought about the rise of capitalism because as a common man he at that time there was also very less education and all that so he didn't know that okay there's a big economic system behind this and that has to change so he needed some revolutionary people to come ahead some leaders to kind of influence uh, his or her thought process and bring about this change which would act as the catalyst and such a movement was a renaissance movement which literally meant rebirth and the revival of uh, interest for the europeans in the greek civilization and its philosophy so this greek civilization and its philosophies were extremely important because at that time you know they were very revolutionary and they kind of had ideas which liberated human beings and put importance back on human beings in the center rather than focus on divine matters and religious asceticism like you see some of the famous uh, philosophers like thales you know he said that the originating principle of uh, matter was a single substance called water so you can see that is focusing on science yeah i agree uh, basically it means so uh, like shifting from religious sentiments to human matter right humans uh, are for humans so and yeah. at the same time the reli- these lords also thought that you know they, they had this divine right over uh, these people to rule them and all that so basically the divine matters also could be removed and uh, at the same time this feudal lords domination also could be removed that's why they were so interested in it so there were also let me kind of give you examples of the kind of people who came about and made this movement a success sure. i'm sure like all the listeners would have heard about leonardo da vinci okay. great, yeah the yeah. great painter but people just know him as a painter but he was much more you know he was a sculptor scientist philosopher poet engineer and a lot of other things so his paintings and all that were revolutionary because he focused on the human anatomy and body movements very closely 
and there were also other people like michelangelo and rafael who who also like the paintings before that were basically of uh, divine things and all those things but these people focused on nature the their beauty and human beings being part of that they were also awesome. so through all these examples we can clearly see the kind of thought process which were which was there mm-hmm. so using all these things people overthrew this uh, feudal lords domination and coupled with industrial revolution also it gave a way to this capitalist system wherein money was everything yeah 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 so basically what it meant was a clear shift from the barter system which was there before you know the money became very important and whatever money they earned also they invested it back into the same thing yeah, yeah. so this was how the rise of capitalism came about but okay. uh, actually they thought that this would be the end to all their problems mm-hmm. but uh, it gave rise to a new problem which was the wide gap in uh, income between the capitalist class and the working class who are called as the proletariat mm-hmm. so what people uh, what this capitalist class basically did was they were focused only on profits and they wouldn't give any proper uh, conditions because for work because there were no labor laws and all that during that time see definitely that is what uh, human nature is called right if we are focusing about one particular thing or on one particular thing we usually uh, you know ignore basic basic properties which uh, ultimately comes you know as a drawback in future so this is what happened here also so you can you can yeah, continue you can uh, continue so there was this wide unrest because there was a lot of migration as you see even today like people from villages come in search of jobs to the cities and cities right and the, their working conditions and the places they stay is very unhygienic mm-hmm. there's no sanitation facility exactly and at that time they also understood that they can exploit uh, women workers and children like for 12 to 15 hours with continuous work in the smoke and chimneys and also people were basically very very upset because they thought that the shift from this feudal society to this capitalist thing would actually help them and would remove the kind of uh, practices but it actually gave a modern form of uh, you know system where they basically didn't own anything and what they were at the mercy of this capitalist class so slowly what happened was the earliest attempts of this so called moment of uh, socialism came about in france where uh, small secret societies were organized mm-hmm. and they said that nature gave an equal right for everybody to enjoy the resources and it was not only the sole uh, property of this capitalist but it was very unsuccessful because like you can see even today like small movements do not uh, become successful you need lot of people with you and so these ideas were basically brushed aside as impractical like how can you say that you know everybody is equal and all that now it sounds stupid uh, because we have a constitution we know all these things we are educated but at that time people felt that it was okay for them to be exploited and that's how the rule of nature works yeah exactly that's how people evolved right so uh, one thing uh, i just want to want to say that uh, like 
as our name speaks let's speak facts shivant has taken that name so seriously because me personally i also didn't knew that uh, leonardo da vinci was a scientist also so moving on uh, after I, this yes. like one more point let me add so sure. like i said it didn't uh, gather much uh, popularity mm-hmm. but until uh two people like uh, karl marx and uh, frederick engels mm-hmm. sure sure you would have heard about uh, karl marx sure sure definitely yeah. i heard about uh so he was the one who really brought this whole socialist movement to the global arena mm-hmm. so instead of like just uh, talking about equality and all that he undertook this serious and detailed empirical analysis of history and how societies evolved and why it it is very inevitable that socialism will come and that's why it's often called as scientific socialism his theory so what he basically said was let me just tell you in brief what his theory basically contained sure his books you'll understand so basically he started from tribal society so we all evolved from the tribal society to what we are now so he said that right from the tribal society till now there's always been an inherent conflict between uh, various parties which has given rise to newer uh, forms of economic systems like you see tribal society there was a lot of scarcity of resources one yeah. tribal group used to fight with the other yeah. whoever was the more powerful group they would become the master and uh, powerless so called powerless group would become the slave so this gave rise to the slavery system and there was the a lot of conflict between the master and the slave and the slaves you know all of them came together and they overthrew the system and then this feudalistic system came as i already explained you know yeah. the landlords and the peasants there was so much unrest hmm. so that was overthrown and now capitalism has come and according to him this also would be overthrown because like i said uh, the capitalist class and the proletariat you know there was so much tension between them so he said that even this is bound to be overthrown with a system called socialism hmm. Hmm. according to him where but that would be the end of the changes because that would bring in a, a classless society like you know everybody is equal because then there would be no conflict if you look at everybody equally so that was his idea so he was of the thought process that finally when we acknowledge that these internal conflicts are going on and when we bring in a system of the common man and there is no so called powerful and powerless this thing would come to an end so this is how we use this logic basically and this gained lot of uh, popularity at that point of time and lot of international meetings and committees and all were held mm-hmm. so this was how the rise of socialism came about definitely i agree with this point and uh, one thing i just want to uh, give some importance uh, behind all these things that uh, it's basically for our listeners shrivant is explaining few things and he is following a particular uh, way or you know everything has its connection to the upcoming thing for example if we talk about slavery system how uh, he he you know uh, explained that two tribals two tribes used to fight and the uh, one which has more power he uh, they used to overpower the other tribe who, who has less power and their slavery system came so everything one thing is connected to another thing and hence that evolution phase passed on and humans came to know that if uh, we we 
need not to stick to one particular thing everything needs change right change is the only constant so moving on let's come uh, let's let's discuss the socialism and uh, capitalism thing in terms of politics and business in indian scenario basically because uh, uh, we are we are indians and uh, we are we are basically discussing about an indian scenario indian market so uh, if we talk about uh, capitalism and socialism in in terms of business scenario so we uh, we are basically see the way shrivant explained at that time socialism and capitalism was two basic ideologies right and now when we are moving on to business point of view business scenario these two capitalism and socialism are converted into economies these two are basically converted into ideas so there is again a shift from ideologies to ideas so what is capitalist economy so capitalism and socialism socialism is having one basic difference and that basic difference is common in every term like whether it is uh, being considered as an ideology or an as an idea so if we talk about capitalist economy so capitalist economy is based on individual initiative and favors market mechanism over government intervention so what i'm trying to say is government don't interfere um i can make you understand this with a very very common example like if we talk about few cotton garments brands for example crms raymonds and arvind so uh, crms or raymond is having more market capitalization and they are the ones who used to you know uh, who used to set the price or decide the price that we we need to uh, sell this product at this price for this particular time and other small uh, cotton uh, brands used to follow it so that is basically an example of capitalism many people can understand it with an example or with a term known as monopoly right so if we talk about capitalism this is the basic difference capitalism is based on individual initiative as i've said and it favors market mechanism over government intervention and when we talk about social in socialism important economic decisions are not left to the market owners or brand owners or decided by self interested individuals instead government intervenes and owns or controls much of the economy resources and decides the what's whens and hows of production so there we can see the difference in capitalism the brand owner the monopolistic owner was having the authority or right to control the market but here the government intervenes because government feels that everyone is equal the point shrivant used few moments ago few minutes ago that uh, in socialism everybody is considered as equal and nobody is giving certain particular right over others so socialism planning or socialism economy is based on that certain idea that everybody everyone is equal and no one is given particular right so i'd like shivan to come and tell us something about political scenarios of socialism and capitalism in indian political parties so i think like you said you covered most of it so what it basically means is that economics is not just uh, finance yeah. some people related only with money but economics is basically how we deal with the resources which are limited in nature do we let people themselves like uh, like you said capitalism the main feature is private intervention and free market which means that me you or anybody can come and decide yeah the prices True. you know but like you said in in practicality what happens is you know there is monopoly and only few players decide 
Mm. But the theory behind it was that it should be free for all. Yeah. Like you said, in socialism, basically it meant that the government will come in, or the governing body will make sure that it decides what to produce, how to produce, and for whom to produce. Mm-hmm. So this is the basic difference. So if we look at it from an Indian context, like Indian history is very long and complicated. So let me just give you the same timeline which I gave. Uh, With the European histories, like if we look at uh, medieval period in India, basically there was still kingdoms. You know, Delhi Sultanate and Mughal, they were empires. Yeah. You know, there was not much of feudal system mm-hmm. in India. There was a little bit of it during the Gupta era in the ancient period, but uh, it was not like so pervasive like how it is in uh, Europe. So slowly, what happened after the Britishers came? like unfortunately our economy was neither capitalist nor socialist nor were we allowed to uh, industrially revolutionize ourselves we were basically a colony so what basically happened was they would uh, they initially came to our country to exploit our resources our uh, kashmiri shawls calico cloths or dhaka muslins all these products were had worldwide uh, same and our indian handicraft uh, was known all throughout the world for its excellent quality so initially they came and they took these products and sold it they bought it at very cheap price and they sold it to the other colonies or uh, you know the european countries slowly they understood that it would be they would you know maximize their profit by 10 times more if they actually exported their raw, uh, raw materials from india imported their raw materials from india rather than taking the finished goods and paying these people so they completely killed the handicraft market and because they had industrially revolutionized by that time in england they could easily produce uh, products in bulk and they would come and uh, dump it in this uh, colonies so what basically happened was india's economy was completely shattered <clears throat> you know people are surprised nowadays that uh, china is emerging as the you know world leading economy along with india like all the foreign policies are turning towards asia if you notice you know rather than uh, european union and america everybody is focusing on asia but according to me it's not a surprise because if you see traditionally india and china dominated world trade if you see the indus valley civilization and the chinese civilization and all had a uh, trade relations with all over the world and they didn't need to like go and colonize someone or to you know kind of kill the market in some uh, some other country they did it in extremely fair means when actually trade laws and all were not there that time still they you know they were so good at trading so i'm not really surprised and i'm sure that india and china will emerge as the top economies very soon so coming back to my point so this so as we can see that our economy was completely shattered and as soon as we gained independence along with many other countries in asia and africa what happened was for everybody russia was the inspiration because they were socialist when they came to power the bolshevik party and they really you know made a lot of changes and focused on welfare of the society so a lot of our leaders like uh, Jawaharlal Nehru and all was deeply influenced by the socialist Russian ideas, and 
he took the policy of socialist economy until 1990 so we basically went for welfare because it was actually the right policy because how can we like go for capitalism when most of them are like reeling in poverty and no form of industrial revolution and even agriculture although like most of them were in the agricultural field there was no modernization in even that because later on the green revolution came and slowly like things started changing so that was required the socialist uh, approach so till 1990 if we see that uh, india was totally socialist in its policies but you know after that we see that with uh, globalization slowly we opened up our economy and slowly we are capitalizing and now after you know 2013 2014 we are rapidly moving towards privatization or moving towards a rapid form of uh, capitalism so in indian context this is how it's evolved over the years we indians are having a habit a very old habit of uh, adopting things uh, instead of experimenting right so we don't experiment with things because uh, we feel that if something is going good at somewhere so why not adopt that instead of experimenting a new thing and going through all that process of uh, you know experimenting and implementing and all so uh, that is the basic thing we indians do and uh, i'm proud of that <laughs> i know every every indian should be proud of that so uh, moving on uh, let's conclude this uh, this topic uh, by having some uh, Uh, final concluding points see uh, everything has its drawback and everything has its advantages too so every uh, each coin has two sides so uh, according to me if we talk about business the in capitalist economies people have strong incentives to work hard increase efficiency and produce superior products because they feel like if if uh, if they work hard if they produce superior products so they have the right and they have the they have the uh, motive to increase the price as they want right and if we talk about socialist economies government fix a price so people here wants to produce products they produce products they do produce products but here the quality content is definitely much lower than in terms of capitalist economies because yeah, i think uh, i yeah, think yeah. we can give them the example also like like if we see in uh, socialism like what it basically advocates in simple terms if you take an example is suppose there are uh, four people yeah and they have produced 20 units of certain product mm-hmm. the value of the thing is 20 so in that some people might produce more right like some might produce six one produces eight and the other produces three each other mm. two yeah. but socialism says that everybody will be given equal thing so this is also a form of inequality because different people have different capabilities so in reality you cannot uh, give the same to everyone and if i am suppose a manufacturer is producing more contributing more to the economy and i get the same uh, result irrespective of uh, how much my effort is i would be like demotivated and that would bring down the efficiency of the economy because only if there is competition will new uh, processes come so that uh, business can gain competitive advantage so that profit motive is the same thing with, uh, is the only thing which drives them towards uh, innovation and you know trying to gain a competitive advantage so this part of socialism in reality is not uh, feasible 
to conclude this topic i would like to make three important observations the first is that no ism is perfect by itself and has its own flaws whether it is capitalism socialism or any other ideology so to speak some of these theories were propounded centuries ago and its relevance in the modern day scenario needs to be carefully scrutinized before we adopt one or the other its relevance to the indian context also needs to be analyzed some people talk about karl marx lenin che guevara and other leaders and that their ideas need to be adopted in india it is true that their ideologies were extremely path breaking revolutionary and had a huge impact on the part of the world that they came from but it is also pertinent to see whether it is applicable to the indian context in terms of demographics and other socio political aspects something that might be relevant in some other part of the world might not necessarily be relevant to india and the converse is also true the second point that i would like to highlight is that there needs to be a commensurate balance in the participation of private entities and the government to ensure smooth functioning of society and that one cannot overpower the other the way i look at the functioning of government is twofold the first is a regulating and supervising role where it makes appropriate legislation in business and constitutes various regulating bodies to ensure fair play to restrict malpractices and to ensure a situation which is free of monopoly the second aspect is the facilitating aspect where it ensures efficient integration and resource sharing between various sectors of economy and also make sure that there is adequate infrastructure in fields like agriculture education healthcare and so on if we speak of healthcare in particular the recent covid-19 example has exposed the various problems related to the healthcare infrastructure india spends only around 2 to 3% of its gdp on healthcare whereas a country like us spends more than 15% of its gdp on healthcare and this is something that we seriously need to look into now if we come to the private sector it should aid in industrialization and generate employment opportunities explore new prospects in trade and business and on the whole should raise the standard of living of people and in this way there needs to be a good balance between the government and the private sector the final point that i would like to make is that it is also important to understand the philosophical aspect of socialism than rather than focusing on economic and political aspects which we have dealt in detail in this episode the philosophical aspect of socialism is that it advocates for equality social justice social welfare rationalism and so on which are extremely important towards achieving an egalitarian society this aspect of socialism had a huge impact on how i view the society that i live in while the economic feasibility of socialism is debatable in my mind there is no doubt that it is one of the most important philosophies that were ever envisioned and cannot be ignored uh, i just want to end by this that the basic motive of introducing this podcast is to make people know what they know in a more personified manner so thank you for listening us and we'll be we'll be back shortly soon uh, with the very next episode thank you shivan thank you thank you for being with us uh, for this yeah. particular episode and uh, take care